Freedom Center, um, man, happy Mother's Day. So excited to have a little bit of time today with the First Lady of the Freedom Center. And I know that you join me in, in just saying happy Mother's Day uh, to the mom of the house. You know, she is uh, a grace-filled, humble, wonderful, beautiful. She's hating this, so I'm not making eye contact with her. But she's the bum. And if you want to kind of extend a quick, hey, happy Mother's Day to Dina or say something, now's a good time to type that in and just kind of extend your congratulations on being awesome uh, to her. That would be great. And I just want to say um, that we honor you. Thank you for doing this. You found out about this yesterday. This was not something you've prepared for. I'm going to be asking you some questions you have not seen yet. And I imagine that your, uh, your answers are going to be very real, very raw, unedited, the, the, the unplugged <laughs> version of it. And uh, thank you. But before we do, I just want to say that when I read Proverbs chapter 31 and I see a woman there that, that doesn't seem real, I, I remember reading that for years um, and she gets up before dawn. She takes care of people that takes care of people. Uh, she's strong. Her family is clothed in dignity. Uh, her, her husband sits at the city gate and doesn't do much, but everybody respects him. Uh, she, she considers a field. She buys it, and she uses the proceeds from that entrepreneurial adventure and does other things with it. Like, I have never known uh, a woman like you, and I want to say on behalf of this congregation, your sons, your grandson, your granddaughter, and certainly your husband. Like, thank you for being here. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, you're amazing. And, and I want to say, too, that, um, you know, the, the questions that you're about to answer, uh, again, you have no idea what they are, right? I have no idea. Okay. Is this making Not you nervous? Clue. Yep. Okay, good. That's fun for me. So here, here's the first question. We'll start with an easy one. Tell us, tell us about your normal day. It's a normal work day. What, what does a normal work day look for Proverbs 31, uh, Dina? What, what, is, what is normal for you? What is a normal work day for me? A normal work day is usually getting to the church by 7 o'clock to get all of my, um, my ducks in a row before everybody gets here at 8 a.m. for prayer. And lately it's been from 9 to noon, I'm having 15-minute meetings with every senior staff person and those are usually running a little bit long because there's um <laughs> there's lots of needs right now yeah well and preachers everything. like you give them a 15 minute time slot that probably ain't going to happen right so all of that now you say your day starts at seven o'clock but my it, work day but it but it doesn't really start at seven o'clock what time does your day actually start uh, about 5 a.m okay so 5 a.m what happens at 5 a.m because I, I i know the demands of your day and i know that if you don't have that time uh, really the other times are hindered so what happens at 5 a.m I get up and I go get on my bike, my Peloton bike that's in <laughs> our um, office right now. Yeah. <laughs> Missing my gym, but um, get on the Peloton. I thought I was your gym. And, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bad joke. We'll say that for five. <laughs> and um, I'm on it for usually 45 minutes and get off, get myself ready, all my stuff gathered up, and head out the door. Now, as I'm, while you're doing that, I'm up praying for you, cooking you breakfast. Uh, washing your car. Is that true? You're not, you're not <laughs> up cooking me breakfast and stuff, but probably half the times you're uh, up and reading your Bible and you're doing the spiritual things while I'm hanging yeah, out on a bike. But that first, that first hour or two of the day, right? That's the day that that's the time that sets the mood for the rest of the day. Correct. So if you don't get a workout in and if you don't get time to organize, pray, 
uh, get all your ducks in a row before everybody else shows up, the day feels like it's out of control. Yes. Right. So you rise before the dawn and you prepare portions for your serving girls. That's that's what uh, that uh, Proverbs 31 talks about in that thing. So so you are you're a hard worker. Have you always been a hard worker? Uh, yes, always. And where did that come from? Where, where did you get that ethic from? I was raised on a farm. I was raised by um, parents who my dad was he owned a carpet store and uh, he would call me to work and I would think he wanted me to sit in the carpet shop and greet people as they came in and he didn't. I remember actually going to work one day in a skirt and I showed up at the shop and he called the shop and sent me to where they were um, laying carpet and he made me lay carpet in a skirt. Yeah. And so um, I laid carpet all day that day in the skirt. In a skirt. Yep. With knee pads on and a skirt. No knee pads. No knee pads because nope. you were tough. You're a farm girl. It's tough. Yeah. I love so. it. I love it. So just, just out of curiosity, because some people may not know this, behind your house, there was an open field. Mm-hmm. How far was it between your house and the next house? Not, not the house next door, but the house right. across that field. How, how far was it to the next, the next town? Oh, to the next town was 18 miles. So 18 miles from your house, nothing but nature, nothing but fields, nothing but wheat fields and, and uh, cockroaches and snakes and rats and, and stuff that grows in fields right between yep. you and the, and the next neighbor. So you got a work ethic because you didn't just run to the store. You didn't, I mean, you were self-sufficient from, from birth, right? That's just, you were raised by farmers, you were raised by farmers, you were raised by farmers who settled that land as boomers and sooners, right? Yep. They were the, <laughs> the, the cannon went off and, and they took off in their covered wagons and they claimed that land yep. that later became Hardesty or Hard and Dusty, Oklahoma, yep. as it's become known. So you've always been that way. And, and I, I, I would say this, so what would you say to a woman that, that wasn't raised that way? Because I think, I think the agricultural rhythm, up early before the dawn, milk the chickens, you know, herd the cats and all that kind of stuff, it, that you were raised that way. But what if you weren't raised that way and the thought of getting up at 5 a.m.? Like there's probably women listening right now that say, I could stay up till 5 a.m., but there's no way right. I could get up at 5 a.m. How, how would they expand their abilities so that I, I guess later on in life they don't have these regrets that I napped through you know, through my life, I right. really worked hard. It, it made a difference. I, I served my children. I served my community. I, how, how would you, what advice would you give them to kind of expand their abilities that way? Um, well, I mean, I guess I would have to say there's seasons to life, right? Um, like when we first got married, if you woke me up before nine o'clock in the morning, you better have a pretty darn good reason why you're waking me up. <laughs> I was um, hungry. <laughs> you know, um, I just, I used to sleep a lot and that, and then babies came along, and you don't have that opportunity. And the season of working out went by the wayside for me. It just yeah. um, didn't happen. And um, it, it, it's a lot to take care of little kids in a house and be married and keep that priority and keeping God first, and it's just a lot. So in that season of life, I if somebody would have told me to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning, um, I would have laughed at him. I right. mean, that's just, again, the thought was just, no. Right. And um, it wasn't until the boys got to a point where they could stay home by themselves yeah. that you and I um, said it's time to start being active. And which, when we started running again, it just woke that um, within me that yeah. I love this. This that is what athlete. I was created. This yeah. is what I was, um, you know, so. Yeah. 
How many thousands of miles do you think we've run together through the years? In I running? wouldn't even have a clue. No clue, right? It was about yeah. three to 500 miles to train for a marathon. We ran a couple of them. Uh, and then we ran across the state of Michigan uh, for my 50th birthday, 150 miler. And we've done the crim a couple of times, a half, a yeah. couple of half marathons. And yeah, yeah. we've done a lot. Yeah. And, and I think during all that time, you know, that, that running, that workout, is, it's not just that you needed to get your heart started, right? There's something else that happens when you, there's something emotionally that happens when you take that time for you. Now, I think some people might say, well, my time is time in the word. My time is time in the garden. My time is, yep. you know, putting my kids down for a nap and doing laundry. Like what, what, through the seasons of life, what has been your time? You talked about working out. You talked about sleeping in before we had kids and I went to work and, you were in an apartment that was so small you didn't have to unplug the vacuum cleaner right. to vacuum the entire apartment. But what other what other things have you seen or have you done that have kind of made it your time? And when that time was done, you were, you were more prepared to be all the things, all the demands on your life. What are some of those other times? Well, um, I, I would say probably one of my biggest things is the um, Dina Monday. And yeah. <laughs> that is something that um, I live with a very extroverted person who... Yeah, JD's terrible that way. (laughs) (laughs) Whose love language is physical touch and quality time. Mm -hmm. And um, so you could be with me 24-7 and be totally fine with that. And I need quiet. I need alone. I need just to be by myself, by... And um, I remember when I first came and I'm like, listen, I just need time. We work together. We go to church together. We do everything together. I just need some time. (laughs) And it hurts your feelings. Like you thought I was rejecting you. Yeah. And what do you mean you need time away from me? I'm delightful. I I spend all day with me and enjoy it. What's, What's the problem here? And see, I spend all day with me and don't know why anybody wants to spend time with me. So <laughs> that's, um, but on Monday afternoons now, it is from the time I get home from um, church, we have meetings, nine to one usually, something like that. Yeah. Um, and from the time we I get home till dinner time, it's my time to, I just get to go to the bedroom, close the door, and I can work if I want to without being asked, what are you working on? What are you doing? What are you, you know, or I can watch what I want to watch on TV, or I can nap if I want to, yeah. or I can do, and I don't have anybody asking me questions. I don't have anything. And right. so. I remember when the kids were little, it'd be the same sort of thing, that when I would come home and you'd been with a three-year-old and a, and a newborn for the whole day, and I'd say, hey, give me a hug. You're like, everybody has hugged me all day long. I, right. If you want to bless me, don't touch me. You want to bless right. me, take these babies. And, and give me some time to kind of take a shower, to take a walk, to call a friend. Well, when our kids were younger, it was it, it used to be my thing to go to the grocery store. He yeah. would get home, I would hand him the kids, and I'd say, I'm going to the grocery store. But I had a game that I played when I went to the grocery store. It was, how much money can I save? Good and game. <laughs> we cut coupons, we um, shopped all the sales, and I went to several different stores Maybe part of that was to save money. Maybe part was to be gone longer. I don't know. <laughs> but um, it was a game. It was um, an adventure for me to go and have by myself. By yourself. And um, just have that time. So that's why every season of life I've had to find those things that work. Right. Being being a, a, a woman, being a, a wife, being a mother, which I, I, again, the reason you're sitting on that couch is because I, I find you to be successful at all of those things, being a child of God, being a wife, being a mother, being a grandmother. I, I don't know anybody that excels beyond you. So 
That's why I'm asking you these questions and, and there isn't somebody else sitting on the couch. That and COVID-19, right? But I, I know that, that you don't feel that way. Matter of fact, I don't know any mother that hasn't said at some point, I'm a terrible mother. I don't know any wife that hasn't said at some point, I'm a terrible wife. I don't know any woman that hasn't said, I'm a terrible daughter. There's, there's a, an ingrained um, reality that has to be confronted with truth, right? And, and as, you, have you, as you've faced all the struggles of raising sons and pastoring and marriage and all that stuff, how have you, how have you kept your head screwed on straight and not given in to the feelings of failure and, and sincere times where there wasn't success, right? It isn't like we've always had success and I've had to talk you into it. There's been times where we've had big arguments. There's been times where we regretted how we've raised our sons. We've made financial mistakes. We've lost our temper with each other. So how do you, how do you get through tough seasons? Because I think a lot of people are in a tough season right now because you could go to work and get away from it for a while and now you can't. You're stuck in that house without Dina time. You know what I mean? That for the average person that's watching. So how did you get through, I suck? How did you get through, I, I, this is just, I'm not good at this. How did you endure that? Wow. I think a lot of prayer, a lot of time in the word, a lot of time of, um, there's a song that I've heard a lot recently and um, Failure doesn't define me. That's here it comes. Yeah, it's what my father does. Right, failure doesn't define me. It's what my father does, it's and what my that's father does. you know, it's what God does. It's God defining yeah. me and not letting the world define me. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that we're talking about next week is why Jesus and children had such a great relationship. That what kids have that adults would really struggle with, and I think, I think the ability to receive love adults struggle with a lot yeah. more than kids do. And the love of God, as you're describing, it's not the performance, it's not that you're good enough to be loved, but I love you because I love you because I love you because I love you. You know what I mean? Um, talk to that for just a second. How, I, you know, obviously you're still, this is something that's helping, but there's still a struggling match, right? Yeah. How did you turn the corner from, I'm, I'm loved because I scored points as a basketball player, I'm loved because I laid carpet in a skirt, I'm loved because, right, because we're, I think performance is something we all, we all fight for the cheers, you know? But how do you as a person, when it's just you and God, how, how, does, how has that evolved? Like, how have you, you've grown in that. Tell us about that journey. Yeah. Um, man, it has been such a journey. It, I remember at first, relationship with God was such a new thing to me. I had no clue when you and I met, like, what is a relationship with God? And that's where... Um, just you walking me through that and what a relationship with God looked like and everything. And when I first started it, I was so angry at God. Right. Just um, fought constantly with him about if you loved me, then why? Right. And, you know, an anger, anger, anger. And slowly through um, letting go of anger, um, he has just softened my heart to where, because, you know, at first it was like, okay, I have a relationship with God, but is he good? Right. Am I good? Am, is he a cosmic father out there? Some, you know, and um, just little by little, just seeing his faithfulness, you just start to open up a little bit more and a little bit more. And then you don't question anymore, is he good? Right. You know, but then you start, okay, if he's good, am I good? Okay. You know, and... What's that mean? If he's good, am I good? 
Am well, I good enough to be I, loved? I, I'm always striving to look like Jesus, you know? Right. That's what we're all supposed to do. And if I'm striving to look like someone who's good, yeah. does that mean I'm good? Right. And um, yes, I am good because he created me. That right. makes me good. The things I do may not be good, right. and that's the sin that stands between me and him. But yeah. learning that I can sit at his feet anytime, and he can take me right back, and the only thing that keeps me not good are, are those sins right. and just repenting. So, and So part of that, being a wife and a mother and a grandmother and a leader and a servant, comes out of being a daughter. Yeah, do we, it has you, to, totally. I want to say, to what extent? Is it 100%? Like, if you don't get the daughter thing right, then we're faking the wife stuff and the mother stuff to some degree? Or, I mean, we're doing the best we can. I don't mean faking it, but, but how... Can you just speak to that, the people that are wrestling with a relationship with God, a woman having a relationship, and maybe, as in your case, everybody else that had the name father or male authority, a lot of them didn't protect you, didn't provide for you, exploited you, hurt you, right? And so now, hey, trust your father. It's like, ah, I learned not to. You know what I mean? So speak, speak to that, could you? I mean, it was a total trust thing, right? I mean, when you and I got married, and I mean, I would say for many years, it's, I didn't trust you to provide for me, to protect for me, to um, do all of the things that, right? I mean, the world tells us this is what the father, what a father is supposed to do, what a husband, you know, all yeah. of that. And, um, but because of the hurts, you see that not happening. And it's not happening because I'm not letting it. I'm not receiving it. I'm yeah. not... You know, you learn not and, to, right? You've learned to protect yourself, yes, to provide for yourself yes. because of the failures of others. Totally. And now God comes in as Father, and and I am going to say this wrong, but in a sense, He almost has to earn that right in your heart. He doesn't yes. have to earn that right; He is right. right. But in your heart, He has to prove Himself faithful before you trust Him. Yes. Versus, I trust you no matter what. Like that takes time, right? Yes. So totally. Romans chapter twelve, verses one and two: Don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world transformed by the renewing of your mind. You really have been on a journey now for, I mean, I've known you for over 30 years and watch that, that continual tense evolution of being transformed in the continual tense, renewed in that continual tense. Yes. What would you say to a wife, a mother, uh, a daughter right now about that journey? Like you, because you have miles behind you, you can speak to people that are miles behind you, right? You can say things. And what, what would you say to a woman who's wrestling with trusting God as father, Trusting her husband, um, you know, trusting yeah. God to be good. What would you, what would you say? Um, I would. Every journey is different for every person, and I think we look at this person's journey and that person's journey, and maybe we're not where those people are. And it's, you know, I've been struggling with this for 13 years, whereas somebody that struggled with it for, you know, 10 years. Yeah. is so far ahead of me and you know and then that that's why you start feeling like a failure that's why you start feeling like I'm not going to get this and um but every journey is worth every step that you have to take on that journey that's good. and it is your journey it's your story it's what God's speaking to you and I just I want to say there's something for those longer journeys that you're learning a part of God's heart that probably the person that has a shorter journey is not learning. You're learning things that very few people know. 
and that it's okay where you're at on the journey. I mean, right. some are just learning to trust the Father. Some are, um, they're so far ahead because, yeah. I mean, I look at Miss Pat, and she had the most amazing relationship with her earthly father. Yeah. So that when God says, Father, she just, God's my father. She yeah. takes it. She takes everything yeah. that he says to heart. I mean, that, you know, trust wasn't something that she had to learn. Right. She already knew it. Right. And so um, versus people that didn't. So right. but when I look at Miss Pat, her journey, you know, is amazing. Yeah. My journey is amazing. Everybody's journeys are all. So don't. Don't look at a journey and think, um, I'm never going to get there. Right. Because who knows what's over the next hill? You know, it could be something there. It could be the promised land. It could be, you know, yeah. I don't know. But I know I look up or wake up now and I'm just like, what's today going to hold for me? And some days I go to bed and wish I wouldn't have ever got up that morning. And some days I go to bed and I'm like, okay, another step closer to God. So. Right. This year, uh, you are, you've entered into your 30th year of motherhood, mm -hmm. right? Not, not the 30th anniversary of motherhood, but the 30th year. Our oldest son, Joshua, turns, I can't say it because he'll be mad at me, but 30 coming up here this year. <laughs> and, and so you have raised babies through you know, the first school days, the first haircuts, the first girlfriends, the first heartbreaks, the first the teenage years, the, the driver's license, the... The, the season where they start to pull away from you and you got to mourn that they go off to college and just despicably leave you and abandon you. And I hated that season. And then we go see Toy Story 3 and lose it because the whole, <laughs> I was went to cheer myself up and found out the whole depressing movie is Pixar films, you know, that, that I need therapy after watching. Right. And, and then they find these, these great women and getting married and have been, and, and, will, and have been married now for years, two grandbabies. So you, again, I, I don't mean to make you the expert in the room, but when it comes to being a woman, let's face it, you are the expert in this room. Well, right in now. this room where there are no other women, <laughs> just a right. bunch of men. So what, what advice, let's just, let's just do a quick lightning round. Um, people who, who just, like they have young babies, what's your best single piece of advice for people with young babies? 20 seconds. Enjoy the time with them. Why is that? You just never get it back. Yeah. It's the best, right? You're exhausted. You're broke. You're, you have stitches in places you never thought you'd have stitches. Right. And it's the best. Yeah. Move. And I mean, and in those early years, you're just building such bonds where, with your kids. And um, they're learning trust. They're learning all these things, and it's hard when you yourself are struggling to find that trust, you know? Yeah. And so then you have a little. Yeah. So move up to the next stage. Let's say the uh, where Hollis is at right now, our grandson. <laughs> so what's, what's, what, what advice would you give to our, our daughter-in-law or others like her that have a, a two-year-old and a, and a just-popped-out-the-other-day-old? Just popped out the other day. She's, She's almost a that. year yeah. old. <laughs> um, again, just enjoy the time. Don't look and think you have to. Uh, he has to know everything. He has to be able to read by the time he goes to kindergarten. He has to, you know. I don't even know what's required of a kindergarten student now, but I know it's not a college degree. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. um, you know. But again, they're only young once, 
and they're forming everything right now. They look at you for everything yeah. and they are learning yeah. so much by watching you. Yeah. And I just remember um, just the many times that I'm like, are you paying attention? You know, and then they say something that you said in passing and it's like, oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> paying attention so much more than yeah. I realized. Move so. to the next stage, elementary school, kindergarten through sixth grade. What's, what advice do you have to mothers that have kids at that age? Wow. Um, you know, those ages, I, I mean, I just, honestly, I feel like such a failure through those ages. Really? Oh, my gosh. I don't remember it that way at all. I remember having just the time of our life and, moving around and cream of hot dog soup, go, so we could go see grandma in Tennessee. And I remember those being great days. What, what is it about that that you, you feel um, a sense of regret about? Just schooling for me was such a huge thing. I mean, you only have six kids in your class, yeah. and your teacher that teaches you at school is also your Sunday school teacher at church. <laughs> and your and, dad's business partner, um, your mom's best friend. And they know friend. what you're capable of. They know yeah. all of those things. So grades were super important to me they were super and I just remember more times than not you and I just knocking heads because I'm like these grades and you've been like what we're gonna go play hooky today we're gonna sign the kids out of school and play and I'm just like we can't do that (laughs) and you're like sure we can I'm the dad and I was just like I'm not going with you and like I didn't want to have fun with them until like school time was over because that's not and um, just thankful for you and that you understood how important those times were. Remember and I you- mean, I think of times that, I mean, Josh having a real hard time at school one year and um, calling home constantly because he was sick. And my answer would have been, I'll go pick him up and take him home. And your answer was, but why? And getting to heart issues and... Um, do you remember what that issue was? There were, there were girls that liked him yes. and put a note in his locker. And yes. I remember having the talk with him saying, son, one of these days you're going to have another tear-filled, difficult season of your life when they're not putting notes in your locker and not liking right. you. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, I mean, there's just such a um, – I mean, the communication is hard for me. The mm-hmm. heart is hard, you know. And I'm just thankful that um, you were there to walk the kids through all of we that. Yeah, both of us, though. I mean, that certainly a team effort. I, as a dad having sons, I, I, you know, I wonder if we'd have had daughters, um, what my role would have been besides, you know, loading the guns every night and chasing the boys away mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So. No, if we would have had daughters. It would have, I would have told them to suck it up. And yeah, <laughs> right, I mean, you would train them to be women, and I would have babied them as princesses, right? Yeah. So move on to the next thing, junior high, high school, 20 seconds. What, what advice do you have to mothers that are their kids are moving into that stage, the junior high, high school, driver's license, track team, football, cheerleaders? Yeah, it takes trust to a whole new level learning that. And having different sons, I mean, that Josh, Pastor Josh, whatever we want to call him, um, <laughs> He's more quiet. He's not going to tell you when things are happening. He's just going to deal with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm... Right, whereas J.D.'s never had a private thought in his life. Right, you know, but I mean, yes. that's... Yeah. I'm thankful God sent Chris into his life, that he had a friend 
They stuck close. I mean, Corey Hubbard, you're going to hate me saying this, but I remember Corey telling me stories of Josh and Chris coming up to her and not coming up to her, but they had a class together or something like that. And Corey would be telling them all the crazy things she did over the weekend. And they're like, cool. We played video games, Yeah, you know, and I mean, just not really knowing But I was so thankful that God had sent Chris and then, you know, JD on the other hand, is going to tell us, yeah, I was accused of being a cult leader, son, and this is what I said, and this is who I said it to, and I yeah. asked my teacher to the prom, and I'm like, you did what? <laughs> Literally every year asked his teacher to the prom. Yeah. And stuff, but that's just the different <laughs> personalities. And I actually remember um, when they were in grade school and you and I were fighting about their grades, me saying, then their schooling is on you. Yeah. That is your I'm out because I can't continue for it to cause tension this way. Right. And you're the husband. I respect you. I honor you. So, you know. And um, I remember in high school, J.D. got his phone taken away from him. Josh had already graduated. J.D. got his phone taken away. And J.D. was actually texting me, and I had to go to the school to get it back. And uh, the superintendent or principal said, who are you? And I'm like, I'm the mom. And he's like, you have a mom? He looked at JD because he was so used to seeing you. Yeah, we, we spent quality time together so. during JD's high school career. We spent time talking to right. committees and panels and, and in a good way. It was never a protest. Right. It was just helping them understand that my son is like me and I can help you understand that a little bit better maybe. Right. right. But I would say, um, kind of going back to love languages, again, your love language being quality time and words, that's how you loved our kids through schooling, um, mine gifts and acts of service. So, um, Joshua to this day can still play me like he wants to and get just about (laughs) anything he wants. Um, JD just looks at me and says, mother dearest, and he can have just about anything he wants. And that's because that's my love language. That's I'm saying to them, I love you. Yeah. And I I love it. College age was very difficult for you, sending the yes. kids off to college. What advice do you have to moms that are that have grown children now? There's no way we're getting through this without tears, so let her fly. <laughs> Just get out the tissues. That was a hard season on us. I mean, that was, I remember we dropped Josh off, our oldest, at Spring Arbor and cried all the way to Ann Arbor without saying a word in the rain. Never forget it. One of the worst drives yeah. of my life, you know? So yeah. what, what advice do you have there? Um, let yourself feel all the stuff. I mean, I know I have some friends who literally drop their kids off at school and they like had vacation on the way home, had the time of their life. And I'm like, how did you do that? Right. And they were like, what? I've prepared them for this. I, you know, this is fun for them. This is, and I'm like, but aren't you going to miss them? And, um, they were like, well, yeah, but I'll, you know, see him again and all this stuff. And um, I think just um, letting yourself feel it. It doesn't have to, there is no right or wrong way to have a feeling when your kid goes to school. If you're mourning it, go ahead and mourn it. Don't live there. Don't don't suffer depression from it. But to to mourn it, if it's happy, then rejoice in it. It's, It's okay, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So So here's our last, our, our time is out. And I know I say 20 seconds, but this is what I'm going to call the COVID-19 lightning round. You do have more than 10 seconds to answer any of these questions, and we're going to do it for the next three minutes. Are you ready? Okay. COVID-19 lightning round, no more than 10 seconds. How are you doing? I have my good days and my bad days. Isn't that nice to be able to say that? Next one. 
Uh, what's your greatest joy of the last couple of months? Um, living the scripture, a generous heart or a generous person will be um, will prosper. But uh, and why did you ask me this on the spot? I knew I wouldn't be able to say it as soon as you. Um, a generous person prospers, and he who refreshes others will be refreshed. I love it. Proverbs. Yeah. You know where that is in Proverbs? 11.25, I believe. Love it, love it, love it. So, um, so what has your greatest challenge been in the last couple of months? My greatest challenge has been, um, I've always believed God would do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask, think, or imagine. Yeah. But now it's almost like, okay, but now people are watching. Are they going to see God doing exceedingly abundantly above all right. I could ask, think, or imagine, you know? Right. And um, just trusting God that he's the one, right, that put every desire there. So watching him yeah. do it. So, But that's been a challenge to trust yeah. and um well, because the questions changed, right? So the answers you knew and trusted and the provision that was consistent and, yeah. and or salaried or budgeted or scheduled, all of a sudden everything is blown out and it's just back to a living God or faith in a budget that no longer works. Right. Yeah, and he's right. been faithful. Amen. Very faithful. Very. So I, I'm going to give you two minutes for this one. What? It's Mother's Day. You have a wonderful relationship with the ladies of this church. You led women's ministry for years. Um had to give it up because of the responsibilities of running the day-to-day operations of the church, and you are our EDO, our Executive Director of Operations, and moved into that role about two years ago, and that was one of the things I had to go, but I know that your heart, I, I know your heart for women. I know your heart for mothers, for wives, for single, for widows. I, I know your heart. It's, it's profound. What, what would you like to say to the women of Freedom Center Church on, on Mother's Day? Oh, goodness. Um... And that's a hard question. Why didn't you give me time to prepare for that one? Because um, <laughs> I wanted to come from your heart and not from you a You know, sermon. I guess right now, right here, I would just say I feel like all of us are experiencing a loss of some sort, whether it's um, we've lost an income, we've lost a job, we've lost a family member, we've lost our freedom, we've lost, you know, yeah. and... People are feeling bad for having feelings, and um, whether they're good, they're bad, they're just, I mean, here's, stay off of social media, man. Quit comparing, you know. um, This has been my big thing that I've done lately is I've got on, and I'm seeing people in Idaho that are returning to life. I'm seeing people in Arizona and, you know, places where we love people, where family lives. And they're going back to life, and I'm getting angry. And, you know, and then God's like, does that show me off well? Does that, you know? Right. And just, I was talking with my sister last night. Here we go. Go ahead. So um, just last night talking with my sister, and um, I was just saying that my challenge lately for people has been don't get in the mud with the pigs and play with what's happening right now. But constantly be asking yourself, who can I do good for today? Who can I do good for right here, right now? I, um, when all of this started, I, you know, you could go to Uncle Ray's and it would be like, hey, the person behind or the person in front of you paid for, you know, yours. Do you want to pay for the people behind you? And they got it to like one night. She said it was like forty some people yeah, had like 46 done that, people you know. Paid, yeah. And but I'm watching that 
the farther and farther we're getting into this, that that's kind of diminishing. And just constantly just, you know, who can I do good for today, right? Um, every woman out there, you can do something good today for someone. And that may, the something good may be, I'm not going to get on social media and put my opinion out there today. <laughs> the something good may be, I'm going to write a check and send it to um, feed hungry people right now. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's good all of us can do yeah. today. So look for the good. Some of you, it's just letting your kids sit on your lap and mm. enjoy them. I saw something yesterday on Facebook that was so good. And it was, um, so many moms are stressed right now trying to get sure that their kids get the schooling done, that they get, you know, everything being required. And that moms are saying, I'm, I can't be productive. I can't be. Yeah. And uh, the picture was actually a mom laying on a couch with kids just like one's laying on her, a couple are sitting, and they said, it's okay if this is the most productive thing you do today because you're producing yeah. um, behaviors in little people. I love that. And I just, you know, so that mom was doing what was good for those kids that day, and she was doing good. So all of us can do something good to show the love of Jesus to people today. And so I just want to challenge you ladies that, we can all do something good and find somebody today to do good for and just let God use you to be incredible. He wants to show himself off through you today. Amen. So, Thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart. I know that this is kind of a scary thing. Let's turn a bunch of bright lights and cameras and ask you questions you don't know ahead of time, but I am grateful for who you are, and I knew that as you answer these questions, they come from a, a depth, you know, from a maturity, from an experience, and you do not disappoint, Dina Wiegand. We love you. And uh, today, if you're watching this and you're like, she talks a lot about God. She talks a lot about the Bible. She talks a lot about prayer and process. And you're like, I, those words have meaning to me, but they don't seem to form a, a, a relational picture. I just say to you in the closing moments of our time together that you would, you would understand this, that Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth lived a sinless life, um, taught us how to live, showed us the way to live, died a death that was substitutionary. In other words, I deserve death, you deserve death, we deserve judgment because of our sin, but Jesus doesn't, doesn't watch as we suffer. He, he intervenes and suffers in our place. He's wounded for our transgressions. He's bruised for our iniquities. He's chastised for our peace. Um, his body is striped by a cat of nine tails for our healing. Everything that, that we deserved or deserve he took from us, and as a substitute would just say, I'll pay that, that bill. He's done that for you, and he's done that for me, and he's done that for us. If you're watching today and you're just a long ways from God, um, boy, I, I know a lot of prayers would be answered. Maybe even your mother's prayers would be answered right now by, by just saying yes to Jesus, and I encourage you to do that. I want to pray with you before we go, and if you just feel like you're a long ways from God, would you just, would you just join me right now? Let's, let's not let distance, that distance is a lie. God is right wherever we left him. He's right where he's always been. So just pray with me now. Jesus, I just thank you. And I pray that you would just bridge that gap. I pray that you would forgive us. I pray that you would heal us. I pray that you would give us peace. I pray that you would speak to our hearts today, God, through your word and through your Holy Spirit. I pray that the body would be active and that, and that those who are listening right now, God, would, would just feel your love wherever they are. I pray, God, that today you would make many people born again. Clean slates, fresh starts, new beginnings. We declare it. We receive it. We love you. And we thank you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Well, on behalf of the First Lady of the Freedom Center, myself, and, and the entire staff, happy Mother's Day. God bless you, as always. If you need anything, what's the phone number they reach out to? 810-629-5261. <laughs> or they can also email the church office at freedomcenter.church. Love it. Nope. I did that wrong. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't. Office at freedomcenter.church. Yes. <laughs> office at freedomcenter.church. God bless you guys. Enjoy your day. Eat way too much and have fun. We love you. We'll see you again soon. <laughs>